Stories, fables, ghostly tales. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, presents... X minus one. Tonight's story, The Outer Limit, by Graham Dorr. We go ahead now in time to 1965. We're on a vast concrete runway set in the desert of the southwest. A giant metal ship stands before us, prow pointed for the stars. And in five minutes, the signal will flash and it will tear up through the atmosphere to the outer limit. Five minutes, Steve. Right. Warm her up, Charlie. I want to go over procedure again, Steve. Don't worry, I got it straight. We'll just make sure. Okay, I take her up on jets to 50,000, then I cut in the rocket. No lure, or your tail blast will burn out three counties. I climb four minutes on rockets, then start maneuver tests. Remember that, no more than four minutes. The ship isn't like those strato rockets that you've been testing. She's the first one built for outer space. If she works, you can go clear to the moon. If I'd have known, I'd have brought my toothbrush. Not this trip. Now, get this, Steve. You've got power there to clear the Earth's gravitational field, but remember, after you cut in the rockets, you've only got ten minutes fuel. If you go beyond the outer limit and don't save fuel for the return, you won't get down again, ever. You'll drift out into space. Get that now. Ten minutes fuel. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, this project is a lot more important than that cosmic ray bomb that they're testing out in the Pacific tonight. Well, the Security Commission brass doesn't think so. I don't see any undersecretaries under anything. Don't you worry, Steve. In the long run, our ship will make the CR bomb back page stuff. But in the meantime, it's just as dangerous. Now, remember, half the principles in this ship are pure theory, slide rule stuff. If anything goes wrong, we may have to scrape you off the landscape with a soup spoon. You have a charming sense of humor. Now, here's what I'm getting at, Steve. We're risking your neck in this test. Anything blows, we don't want to have the next man pull the same boner. So keep your mic open. Keep talking. If anything goes wrong, we want to know exactly why. And we won't be able to ask you. Let us know before you pull every switch. Before you do anything. Got that? Even if you only have to blow your nose. All right, get those fuel lines away. Well, I guess that's about all, Steve. Hey, that reminds me. If Mary calls, I'm just up on a milk run. I didn't tell her today was it. How is Mary? She's okay, but she's due about now, and I don't want her to get nervous. Hey, I didn't know the baby was that close. Steve, you know, I, I really ought to be sending a single man on this job. What, and cut me out of a soft paycheck? Forget it, Hank. You know, you can't get anybody else who can take 15 G's acceleration when those rockets cut in. Yeah, I know. It's time, Steve. Yeah. I'll see you later. Don't worry, Hank. I'll sweat for both of us. Right. Button her up, Charlie. So long, Hank. So long. We'll give you the light from control. X2 JDR to control. Are you there yet, Hank? Okay, Steve. I'm ready to go. Mr. Hanson. Ready on radar, Sergeant? Check. Mr. Hanson, you better see this. What is it, Elsie? Message sent up a Steve. Mrs. Weston just left for the hospital. What? Hello, hello, Steve. Yeah. Uh, stand by a minute. Shall I hold it up, Mr. Hanson? Uh, yes. No, no, wait just a minute. It's too late. You gonna tell him? Well, maybe he's got enough to worry about. Hey, what's holding us up, Hank? Something on your mind? No, no, there's uh, nothing, Steve. I, I just wanted to say good luck. All right, Charlie. Give him the light.
right, Steve, I'm reading you clear. I'm at 20 fast. Airspeed 600. He's running fine. Soundproofing works. There's a three-degree waiver in the AGY pressure. Got that, Charlie? Check. That's center on radar, Mr. Hanson. 50,000 now. I'm cutting loose the port jet. Now the starboard. I'm off jets. Speed dropping. I'm opening the rocket ports. The switch sticks a little, Charlie. Oxy alcohol pressure is 350. All right, now I'm advancing the ignition key. Here goes rocket one. Steve. Steve, you all right? Yeah. Feels like somebody slugged me with a sledgehammer. Uh, airspeed now 1200. Here goes number two. She's okay, Hank. Running like a Swiss watch. She's okay. Hello, Steve. Elapsed rocket's time is now four minutes. What's your altitude? Over to you. A speed 4,400, still climbing. Altitude, 297 miles. All right, you're at the outer limit. Level off for maneuver tests. You've got exactly six minutes fuel left. I'm starting at three degree left bank. She's a little sluggish. There, it's all right. There's a low vibration somewhere. Maybe the cockpit cover. My view screen's a little fogged. I'm straightening out. Five minutes to left. I'm starting at three degree right. Hey. The full lift. What's the matter? What's wrong? There's something up here. Something shining. What are you talking about? There's something above me, Hank. I'm going to chase it. Steve. Steve, you're at the outer limit now. I can see it plain now. Now, Steve, don't go any higher. You've only got four minutes left. You've only got... I'm getting static. I can't hear you, Hank. It's dead ahead now. I'm going to make a pass at it and get a good look. Here goes. Hey, it's working to meet me. It's dead ahead now. Look out, it's dead ahead. Hello. Hello, hello, Steve. Steve, come in. Nine minutes fuel gone. There's still no sign. Hello. Hello, Steve, what happened? Try to get the crash squad out. Tell the Army squadron to alert their search plane. Right. Nine and a half minutes gone. Hello. Hello, Steve. Steve, listen to me. What's happened? Where the devil is he? Hello. Come in, Steve. Steve, come in. Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello. Hello, Steve. Ten minutes. That's the end of the fuel. How long has it been now? Ten hours, Mr. Hanson. Nothing more on radar, Sergeant? A strange flank. A Colonel Carulli called in. The search planes are back. Couldn't well, find anything. Should be some trace. He couldn't have bailed out, could he? You don't hit the silk at 4,400 miles an hour. We either went past the outer limit and ran out of fuel or something blew and we'll find the pieces scattered from here to the coast. Why does it have to be the best man? Always the best man. Charlie, we've we got to figure out what was wrong. Right. Something must have blown. Oh, Mr. Hanson, there's a message from North Northside Hospital for Steve. Well, what is it? Mrs. Weston is fine. It's a boy. Oh, thank you, Elsie. It's a boy, Charlie. Yeah. Fine, fine. It's a boy. You didn't even know that she went to the hospital. How am I going to tell Mary that? No, it wasn't your fault, Mr. Hanson. The ship was taken. Yeah, yeah, we'll build another, and some other flying fool will shoot past the outer limit in space. Well, I'm getting old, Charlie. You can remember when I used to take them up myself. Now I've got to send other men. Look, it's a job, Mr. Now I'm afraid. Every time I hear a jet go off, I jump. Every time I have to send somebody up on a new model, I start to sweat. Mr. Hanson. Yeah? I I think I've got something on the radar. No flight scheduled in, are there, Elsie? No, the whole day's cleared. Coming in behind us. Here he comes over the building. What crazy jockey is buzzing the field like that? Is that an army plane, Charlie? No, I can't see. Back again. I know that engine. Yes, it's Steve. That's impossible. Look, that's his ship. It can't be. He's circling back for landing. Charlie, clear the field. He's coming back in. Mr. Hanson, there's not another ship in the world that looks like that. 
I tell you, it's got to be Steve. Thank God. Steve, quicker we get this done, the quicker you get over to see Mary and the baby. Elsie, give the order to check and refuel the rockets. I don't want anybody in here till I get Steve's reports. Barry, any calls? All right, Steve, let's have it. What the devil happened to you? That, that cosmic ray bomb, does it still go off tonight? What are you talking about? Straighten out, Steve. Where have you been for the last ten hours? Listen, Hank, there's something more important. Now, come on, come on. I've got to get a report on the screen to Washington. So let's have it, will you? I've got to know how you stretched ten minutes fool to keep you in the air for ten hours. One thing before now I talk. Now, look, Steve. Will you have the Geiger men run over the ship before they refuel? What did you run into? So help me, Hank, I don't know. we better check and make sure it isn't radioactive. Elsie, add a Geiger report on the standard check. Steve, maybe we better have the medics look you over, too. No, 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 I'm all right. They said I'd be all right. Hey, look, son, I know you've had a tough time, but we've had this field on the alert for ten hours, boy. One of the army boys cracked up looking for you, and, he, and he's hurt bad. So let's have the story. Let's have it straight. I, I, I don't know how to tell you, Hank. Hank, I saw something up there. At 300 miles? I chased something up there, Hank, and I caught it. Now, don't hand me that, listen, Steve. listen. I was cruising along, just starting the right bank when I spotted something. It must have been going about half my speed. It was uh, um, egg-shaped and smooth. I made a pass at it. I came back for another, and then there was a humming sound. Humming? Sort of a vibration. And then I blacked out. I was headed straight for it at 4,400 miles an hour. I thought it was going to be the biggest smash since Hiroshima. And Listen, Hank, is there a drink in that bottle? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, what happened? I, I came to inside their ship. Steve, this whole thing has been a devil of a strain on you. I'm going to call Major Donaldson from the Army base, ask him to sit in. The psychiatrist? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let him run his tests. They'll tell you I'm not kidding. Because, Hank, unless I miss my guess, I've just been tipped off to the way the world ends. You should be getting drowsy now. Count backwards from ten. Um, nine, eight, He's under. Now we attach the head plate electrodes and the cortical pickup. We'll look up for that wire, Mr. Hanson. 3-0 setting and 31.3. Now, uh, throw that switch, Mr. Hanson. I have to start him off by suggesting. All right, Steve. You're in your ship now. You're in the rocket. You're in the rocket. You're in the rocket and you've just sighted something strange. Now I'm starting at three degree right. What's that? Hey, there's something up there. Something shining. His memory pattern. We're picking it up electronically. There's something above me, Hank. I'm going to chase it. Pipe through the audio circuit. Static, I can't hear you, Hank. This is where we lost contact with him. I'm going to make a pass at it. Hey, it's swerving to meet me. It's that ahead now. Look out. It's that ahead. No one. It's very blacked out. Not telling how long, minutes or hours. What's that noise? I don't know. Where? How did I get here? Who are you? Is he seeing things? Galactic Patrol. What's that? What are they saying, Steve? What are they saying? It's about nuclear fission. They know about it. 
They know the danger of it. Long ago, they had wars that almost destroyed them. But finally, they learned. Now they've outlawed war. Go on, Steve. They patrol space. When their detector picks up an atomic explosion, they send a patrol. They've been observing Earth, and they found wars and rumors of wars. What are they going to do? They've quarantined us. Quarantine? They've isolated all Earth because we're infected with a communicable disease. Because we don't know how to control ourselves yet. Until we learn, we'll be a menace to the whole universe. What is this nonsense? Quiet. How are they going to do it, Steve? Well, they, 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 they've spread out a layer here of a... I don't know what to call it. It's all around the Earth. It's miles deep. And when there's an atomic explosion on Earth, the radioactive particles will drift up to this layer and set off a chain reaction that'll go around the world in microseconds. And that's the end. Yes, I understand. I've got to bring back the warning. You're going to put me back in my ship to bring the warning. Now what? Blacked out again. I guess that's all. What does all that mean? It's what he remembers. You don't think that that really happened? No, no. Narco-psychometry circuits produced what he remembers. Just means that Steve believes this happened. So, uh-huh. I don't like to see that. Huh? I've seen too many top pilots snap. Steve is the best I've known. How bad do you think he is? Well, frankly, outside of the presence of this well-organized hallucination, there are no signs of unbalance. May not be too serious. If we had a more plausible story, I'd be inclined to believe it. Warning. Warning. Hank, it's all right, boy. Did you hear it, Hank? Do you understand? Oh, sure, sure. We've been quarantined. Yeah, no. Let me give you something to make you sleep, Steve. But don't you understand? They fixed it so that if we set off one more nuclear explosion, we will have had it. Of course, of course. Now, don't roll your sleeve down. You don't believe me? I'll take it easy, Steve. But the test they're setting off, the cosmic ray bomb, Hank, tonight. What time is it? 11 to It's scheduled for midnight. Hank, we've got to stop that bomb. Let Donaldson give you the hypos. You've got to believe me. I saw them. I got the warning. If we touch off the Q-bomb tonight, we'll be the biggest galactic 4th of July of all time. The whole earth will go up like a Roman candle. April 10th, 1965, the end. Look, Steve, you better calm down now. Don't you want to see Mary and the baby? You've got a new son, remember? That's just it. I want to see my son. I want him to live. If the bomb goes off, Hank, we've got to stop it. Mr. Hanson, I think we'd better get over to the base hospital. Hank, you got to believe me. Sure, sure, Steve. Maybe there's something to it. Look, look, it's out of our hands now, Steve. I'll put it in a report, shove it into Washington in the morning. In the morning? There won't be any morning, Hank. You've got to call Washington now. Get the head of the security commission and postpone the test. Now, you know I can't do that. My neck would be out a mile. Besides, this is 1965, not 45. Twenty countries have the atomic bomb now. What's the use of stopping just this one? The rest will keep right on popping them off. Well, we'll have to call an international conference. Can't you understand, Hank? The first one that goes off finishes us. It's the end. They've given us the quarantine warning. Steve, I think you'd better go with us to the base. <laughs> Look, Steve. We can call up for a detail if we have to. All right. All right, I'll go with you. You don't need a straitjacket. That's the way, Steve. You'll probably feel better by morning. Let's go. Tomorrow I'll drive you over to the hospital to see Mary and the kid. Yeah, sure. Ah, Look at the ship under the floodlights. Pretty, huh? You'll be flying her again soon, Steve. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, What's she doing out on the line? Uh, They refuel her? Yeah, we've got Clausewitz coming in tomorrow from Denver for another test. Figure we'd give you a day off. That's good. That's fine. Steve. There you go. Come on, Donaldson. Steve. Steve, come back here. He's heading for the rocket. That's crazy. Steve. Get down off of there, Steve. We can't get at him now. That hood is armor glass. He's waving. Good control of the radio. Come on. I should have gotten help. Come on, Donaldson. The radio is too hooked up. Hello. Hello, Steve. Listen to me, Hank. you got to call Washington now. Look, Steve, come out of the rocket. I'll call my men, Henson. Don't try anything, Hank. 
They refuel the rocket for tomorrow. Take it easy, Steve. Listen, you know what'll happen if I fire the rocket tubes down here? Steve, don't, please. burn out every building for five miles. All of us in one big blast. What do you want, Steve? You gotta stop that bomb. You gotta call Washington now. They won't believe me. You make that call or I cut in the rocket. I mean it, Hank. You hook my screen to yours in parallel. I want to see exactly what you're doing. All right, all right. Just don't fire those rockets. Get going, Hank. You got 12 minutes to make that call and stop the bomb. All right. I'm making the parallel hookup now. Donaldson, you think he'll really last? I don't know. Up to now, I'd almost say it was normal, but this Henson, he's liable to do anything. Steve, there, you're getting it on your screen? Yeah. Now put that call through. All right. Operator. Uh, business screen to Washington. The business screen circuits are busy, sir. If you try again in half an hour. This is a security commission priority. Break in. Get me a line. Just a moment, please. Ten minutes, Hank. Listen, Steve, I'm trying. Ready to take your call, sir. Washington Security Commission 3. Urgent. I want Undersecretary Herbert Ames. Washington 3. One moment, please. Hurry, will you please? One moment, please. Chicago. San Marco calling Washington Business Screen 3. Urgent. Washington 3. One moment, please. What time is it, Donaldson? 11.51. You think he'll fire those rockets? He might. Washington. Go ahead, San Marco. Business Screen 3. Mr. Herbert Ames. That is a coded exchange. I cannot accept your call without clearance. Listen, Washington, put this through. This is Mr. Hansen of Hansen Rockets Incorporated at San Marco Air Base. This is a priority call. I'm coded. One moment, please. I will check your code number. Get it through, Hank. That bomb goes off at 12. Will you be reasonable, Steve? Your call has cleared, San Marco. Washington business screen three, Herbert Ames. This is your call, sir. Security Commission, Ames. Oh, hello, Hanson. Listen, listen, Ames. You've got to get me the chief. You kidding? He's at the test control room. Yes, I know, but get him for me. Hey, what's up? You look lousy. Or is it a bad circuit? There's no time, Ames. I've got to get him before the test. It's about the ray bomb. Uh, I can't take the responsibility. Get it through, Hank, or I blast. Hey, what's going on there? Ames, my project has a high enough rating. This is a priority A call. What? Well, it's your neck. Okay, I'll try to get him for you. He's in the control room, though. You'll have to switch off your screen and speaker and go on earphone. Too much going on in there. Security, you know. You hear that, Steve? I've got to cut the screen. All right. Eight minutes, Hank. Hello? Hello? Yes, sir. This is Hanson at San Marco. No, sir. Priority A request to cancel the bomb test. No, look, look, I'm serious. I'm deadly serious. We sent the X2JTR up today to the outer limit, and we uncovered evidence. Yes, on the automatic instruments. What's that? No, no, this possible chain reaction. No, I, I can't tell you the whole story. There isn't time. Yes, I, I'll bring the readings into Washington in the morning. You've got to postpone the test till you see them. Yes, I understand that. I understand about the press. I'll take complete responsibility for this. What's that? Look, I've worked on contracts for the commission for ten years now. Yes, I have complete confidence in my information. You can record that. All right, all right, I'll, I'll call you back immediately. Goodbye. Hank? Hank! He's agreed to cancel. The ray bomb won't go off. Thank God. All right, Steve. You can come down out of the ship. He's opening up. All right, Steve. Come on down out of the ship. Sure, Hank. Hank, I was scared. I was plain scared. All right, easy now. It's all over. Bomb won't go off. Thank God. Hey, look. I want to see Mary and the baby. Can you get me transportation now? Hey, wait a minute. It's almost 12. They won't let you in the hospital now. I want to see the baby. For sure you do. But you've been under a strain. I've got a shot here for you, Steve. Give you a good night's sleep. All right. Crawl up your sleeve. Sure, sure. Now, that'll make you sleep. Sergeant will find you a bed. Come on, Mr. Whitman. 
Well, good night, Hank. I am kind of beat. It's been a tough night. Sure has. Thought for a minute he was going to blast those rockets and send us all the kingdom come. Yeah. Why to start getting the Raybon test called off? It isn't called off. Ames couldn't get the chief. I was talking to a blank screen. Bomb goes off in a couple of minutes. Oh. Poor Steve. He's one of the best. He was the best. One in ten million. <laughs> Some story of his, poor guy. For a while, he almost had me believing that quarantine. That's a very common delusion. The end of the world. Last night. Never saw the stars so bright. Better be getting in. That wind is cold. Bomb goes off in 30 seconds. Poor Steve. You know, Hanson, there's just one thing. Yeah? It's outside my field. But I'm curious. How did he keep that ship in the air for ten hours? With only ten minutes fuel. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, present... X minus one... Tonight's story, Ray Bradbury's Dwellers in Silence. Twenty years had passed. Twenty years since the last of the giant migration ships had crashed to the surface of Mars, bearing its pitiful handful of survivors of the Earth Wars. Twenty years of longing, of turning eyes toward the green Earth as it hung on the horizon like a beckoning light. And now it was done. And the first new ship, built of shining Martian chromaton, had lifted bravely toward home with three men locked in its metal belly. There it is. You can barely see the top of the Atomic Trades building in the twilight. They never finished building. Captain. What is it? Am I going out of my mind? Look, out that way, to the west. Couldn't that oh, be... Heaven, it is. Those are lights. Turn the ship. Full cruising speed. They are lights. Captain, it's the city. A whole blasted city lit up like a Christmas tree. What do you think of your dead planet now, William? Decelerate to negative five. We're going to take her down. Unbelievable. We've been walking for hours now and not a soul to be seen. There must be someone. How do you explain the light? Unless they've been burning like this for 20 years. Uh, impossible. I don't know. Municipal building. Should we have a look here, sir? Possibly the records might contain some. That's a good idea. Keep your weapons ready. We'll start right here with the city clerk's office. Better check radiation again, doctor. Well, not enough to do any damage. Suddenly, look at this desk. Papers crumpled, inkstand. Just as if somebody came in and worked here every day. Drug licenses, hunting permits. That's strange. Mm -hmm. There's ink in that inkstand. Well, what of it? Well, you'd think standing open for twenty years it would have dried up. Good heavens! If I hadn't heard it with my own ears, Evans, did that phone ring? Yes. Well, pick it up, doctor. Hello? Good day, doctor. How are you? I 
called to ask some advice about a trepanning problem. Can you tell me if the lateral cut should be made first? Hello. Hello. This is absolutely insane. Hello. Thank you, Doctor. I'll do that. Uh, by the way, how is your wife, Alice? And the girls? And your son, John? Fine boy, John. I'll call again tomorrow. Goodbye, Doctor. Hello. Hello. Gone dead. Who was it? I don't know. Strange voice. Carried down a conversation about some surgical operation without paying the slightest attention to anything I said. Captain, what is it? Listen. Someone is coming. Walking slowly toward the corridor. Coming closer. Something Jupiter. It's a man. An old man. Are you... Is it really someone? You seem to be... Real. I saw the ship come down, and I thought perhaps I was losing my mind. It's been so many years. I'm Captain John Parsons. These are my assistants, Dr. Evans and Mr. Williams. We returned to Earth from Mars. Then, then it's happened. We're, we're not alone anymore. Forgive me, gentlemen, if I, if I seem moved. I've waited and hoped for so long. You survived the radiation. We did. There are others. My family. We are the only ones. I answered the phone a moment ago. Who was it? You heard my voice, Doctor. Yours? Yes. To break the loneliness. I've recorded my voice and rigged up an automatic telephone. It's pleasant to hear the phone ring. I I come here to work. I take it you are a medical man. My name is Cornelius Hathaway. Hathaway? Hathaway the brain system. You know my name. Who doesn't? I watched you on television at college. Why, I saw you 20... Twenty-three years ago, you performed a difficult surgery for a cerebral tumor. Thank you. I had almost forgotten. My, my mind, you see, I, well, I, I'm almost 80 now. Well, you look fine, sir. We've had the best of everything, an entire city to choose from, cold storage, the best equipment. But come, 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 there's a fine dinner waiting for you, and, and you want to meet my family. When I saw the ship come down, I told Alice, my wife, you know, to prepare a feast. <laughs> It's a great day for me, gentlemen. A great, great day. Alice! Alice, come out to the porch and see who we have here. Alice, you hear? Come out! My wife, gentlemen. Alice, Captain Parsons, Dr. Evans, Mr. Williams. How do you do? How do you do? And uh, now, if you will follow me in, gentlemen, we meet my children. Lord, what a beautiful woman. She looks no more than 35. Do you suppose the radiation could have done that to her? I don't know. And these are my daughters, Susan and Marguerite, and my son, John. How do you do? How do you do, How do, you do sir? Sit down, gentlemen, sit down. We'll have a feast in honor of this occasion. Susan, Marguerite, get the best silverware and the damask napkins. And John, fetch the champagne. Yes, sir. Uh, excuse me a moment. Uh, sir, how old are you? Twenty-three, sir. You. What is it, Captain? Something wrong? Uh, nothing. Except that it's impossible. You see, Dr. Hathaway's son was already in college when I started. I could make him at least forty-five. <laughs> That was a wonderful meal, Mrs. Hathaway. Doctor, your wife is an exceptional woman. Thank you, sir. How would you gentlemen like some fresh gingerbread with your coffee? Hmm? I've uh, baked it this morning. Oh, oh wonderful, wonderful. Hmm, smell that, doctor? It's like coming home, Mrs. Hathaway. <laughs> it's like home having you here. Mrs. Hathaway, may I compliment you on having preserved your youth and beauty so well? Thank you. We have no worries here. No competition. All the things we need for material comfort. Parsons and I were wondering, Dr. Hathaway, if the radioactivity had any effect in preserving tissue. Your children all look so young, too. It is possible, gentlemen, of course. Radiation does strange things to living tissue. Alice, uh, could we have some champagne? Alice. Oh, I'm sorry. If what, John? Uh, some champagne, please. Champagne? Oh, 
Yes, of course. An amazing woman. Did you ever see such grace, such, such complete relaxation? It doesn't seem quite natural. I beg your pardon, gentlemen? Uh, Captain Parsons was just about to ask uh, how you and your family managed to escape, Dr. Hathaway. We were very fortunate. You see, my home was in the Sierra Mountains at the time. I had a lead-lined laboratory in the basement where I did X-ray research. My uh, hobby, you know. I chose this house because it was on a hill where I could watch the sky. Ah, the loneliness of those first years. But at least you had your wife and children. Yes, yes, I had my family. If it were not for them, gentlemen, I assure you, I would long ago have put a bullet in my head. Champagne, Captain. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Hathaway. May I propose a toast? Oh, let me. Gentlemen, to earth. To earth. May she never be stranger to man. And... Hathaway, oh. what is it? You all right? It's nothing. It's nothing, really. Just a, a rather sharp pain in the chest. Why don't you gentlemen go out on the porch and enjoy the air? You've had a long and tiring journey. Alice will show you the way. Will you be all right? Yes, don't, don't trouble yourself. I'll see you all in the morning. Good night, Doctor. Good night. Come, John. Yes, Father. Well, what do you think of old Mother Earth now, Williams? Ah, smell that summer breeze. Look at that view of the city, lighted up against the sky. It has a certain quality. Well, score one point for the back-to-earth proposal. Uh, I didn't say that. You're beginning to feel it, though, Williams, I can tell. If you don't mind, gentlemen, I'm quite tired. I think I'll turn in. Excuse me? Well, Captain? Well, what? What do you make of all this? I don't know what you mean. This Hathaway and his family. There's something strange and unnatural going on here. I, I can sense it. Oh, I... I think you're reading things into it, Doctor. Perhaps. Well, I'll turn in, too. Coming? Uh, in a moment. I, uh, I want to smoke a cigarette. It's a very beautiful view, is it not? Why, I didn't hear you come out. How is he? Resting. I've never seen him this bad. Yes, he... Well, he's an old man. I'm sorry, but uh, well, the difference in your ages is so apparent. You must have been married very young. You don't know about us, then? No. Perhaps it is better that way. I, I don't follow you. Is it something about your husband? He, he acts very strangely. My husband is a very great man, Captain. It is too bad there was no one to appreciate him. Once he wired the whole city with sound speakers. And when he pressed the button, the whole town lit up and made noises as if 10,000 people were living in it. He must have been very lonesome. Although, with a woman such as you, I don't understand. Perhaps one day you will understand. I hope you will come to trust me as a friend. I can trust no one but him. Good night, Captain. Good night, Mrs. Hathaway. Captain. Hmm? Captain Parsons. Uh, what, what is it? Who's there? Dr. Evans. Oh, what's wrong? What time is it anyway? 2 a.m. What's wrong? I couldn't sleep. A few minutes ago, I heard someone slip out the front door. In the moonlight, I saw it was the old man. He was headed toward the ship. What are you suggesting, Doctor? Nothing, except that it's fairly unnatural for an old man with a bad heart to go wandering off at 2 in the morning. Very well. We'll follow him. <laughs> far enough. What do you suppose he's doing? What are those on the ground? Good Lord, those... There's a grave marker. Four of them. You're right. He seems to be praying over them. Listen. Do you forgive me for what I had done? I had to do it. I was so lonely. So terribly lonely. You don't mind too much. You do forgive me, don't you? Yes. Yes, I feel you do. I'm glad. 
I think perhaps I can rest now. I think I... Oh. Oh. He's having another attack. Come on. <coughs> Hathaway. Dr. Hathaway, can you hear me? Raise his head, Evans. Dr. Hathaway. His lips are moving. What is it, Doctor? Closer. Lean closer. I, I'm sorry. I had to spoil all of this. I've expected it for some time. We'll fix you up. No. No, I'm an excellent diagnostician. It really doesn't matter. Except for them. What about them, Hathaway? You suspected, didn't you? Yes, I suspected. But I, I couldn't believe it until now. Do they know? No. No, they they wouldn't understand. I wouldn't want them to know. Ever. Doctor? He's dead, Captain. What was it he meant about your suspecting? Light a match, Dr. Evans. Look on those four grave markers and tell me what you see. Good heavens. Well? Alice Hathaway, Marguerite Hathaway, Susan Hathaway, John Hathaway, died July 1987. That's 20 years ago. It's impossible. If these markers are correct, then who are those others? Can't you guess, Doctor? Can't you guess? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Hathaway. He didn't want us to feel badly. He told us it would happen one day and that he didn't want us to cry. He didn't teach us how, you know. He said it was the worst thing that could happen, to know how to be lonely and unhappy. We weren't to know what that is. Perhaps it's just as well. You know about us, don't you? Yes, I know. I didn't think you knew yourself. The children don't. I have been aware for a long while. No one would have guessed. You're so perfect. He would have liked to hear you say that. He was so very proud of us. After a while, he came to love us. And at the end, he took us as his real wife and children. He even forgot sometimes that he had made us. You gave him a great deal of comfort. Yes. Over the years, he sat and talked. He loved so much to talk. I was first, you know. Then he became lonesome for the children, and so he made them. It was only one thing. One flaw. And that? He couldn't make us grow old. And so he had to watch himself become an old, old man. While we stayed young. It was a great blow to him. We'll bury him on the hillside where the other four crosses are. I think he would like that. Yes. He would. Mrs. Hathaway, Alice, I think that you are a very great and wonderful woman. And so we commend the body of this man, John Hathaway, to his maker. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust returneth. Amen. Come, John. Yes, mother. Susan. Marjorie? Uh, Evans, Williams, uh, stay here a moment, please. What is it? Let them go back to the house. I, I want to speak to you. I know what you're going to tell us, Captain. I saw the names on the grave markers. Well, it's a mockery, a blasphemy of everything we believe in. For a man to do something so evil. Can't you imagine what he faced? Can't you imagine what it must have been like to have watched his wife and children die slowly of radiation burns? To know that he was the last man on the face of the earth. Alone, eternally and unalterably alone. Good Lord, man, what would you have done if you'd had his medical and, and technical genius? I'll tell you, you'd have come back to your laboratory just as he did and, and tried to recapture all the wonderful things that they had been to you. You'd use all the power of your memory, all the, the accuracy of your fingers, and you'd try to put together, bit by bit, all those things that were wife, son, and daughter. It's incredible. So you suggest that we take them back, Captain? I, I don't know. We... We haven't enough space in the ship for that. Every ounce counts. Still, to leave them here like that, alone, I think I have an answer, cold-blooded as it may seem. 
Go on. I suggest that we turn them off. Do you think I could do that? No, but I think I could. After all, they aren't human. They're worse than robots. They're ghoulish. I suggest you go back to the ship, Captain, and leave me to deal with them. I will not permit it. You have no choice in the matter. I assure you, it'll be quick and entirely painless. I hate to admit it, but he's right, Captain. We can't take them with us, and it would be less than human to leave them here without Hathaway. They were created by him for himself. They have no other feelings, no other purpose. If you leave them, they'll go on year after year, night after night, talking, laughing, baking strawberry biscuits, for no reason, not knowing who they are, why they exist. Could you do it, Doctor? I don't know. I've already offered to do it. No. No, I, I wouldn't want it to be you, Williams. You're, you're sick. You have no feeling. If Dr. Evans here can do it, well, so be it. It's a difficult thing, Captain. Still, as you say, they aren't, they aren't human. Logic is on your side. It isn't as if you were murdering someone. Well, give me the blast gun, William. We'll wait in the ship. Take off in half an hour. Half an hour. Six twenty-five. He should be back soon. Yes. He's doing the only humane thing, Captain. They're less than human. Are they? Well, it's done now. No one will ever. That's the airlock. He's back. Well, here's your gun. Did you do it? When I entered the house, one of the daughters looked up at me and she smiled. The other smiled. He taught them that, taught them to make him feel welcome when he came home at night. I knew that, and yet, well, I should have done it then. I might have, but she came in. The wife. She said something about sitting down for a cup of tea. She looked at me with those fine, intelligent eyes. I couldn't do it. It would be murder. Cold-blooded murder. I prayed you wouldn't be able to do it. There will never be anything as fine as they are, you know. Built to last a hundred, two hundred, perhaps a thousand years. Well, get the course in the integrator, Williams. We'll take off in 20 minutes. I should be back by then. You're going out, sir? I'm going to say goodbye. You've come back. Only to say goodbye. It was nice of you. I wanted you to know that I'm coming back. Here? To us? Here. To you. I... I believe you. I never meant anything more. When will you come? I don't know. It'll take many years to prepare fuel for another trip. Six, seven, perhaps ten years. I will watch the sky at night. Just as he watched it. I'm not a young man. Time is nothing to me. I was born out of time. I'm afraid I must go now. I understand. Strange. I have a new feeling. One which he didn't teach us. A feeling of... of longing. Sad. That one is not taught. It comes of being alive. Yes, I am alive. Even though he created me, I'm a person now. Goodbye, Alice Hathaway. Goodbye, John Parsons. Ah, uh, yes, X minus one never stops delivering, does it? Whether it's terrifying outer space love to terrifying outer space limits, these old-time radio episodes keep us guessing. My favourite of the two was Outer Limits, which was yours. Outer Limits honestly reflects how humanity might, if ever possible, end our own civilization. <laughs> I mean, without the aliens of course. If you ever get time listeners, check out a story regarding Stanislav Petrov. That's Stanislav Petrov. Petrov, 
who, oh, saved Earth as we know it. 1983, Stanislav listened to common sense and that saved, well, everyone, really. I might even do a research piece on it. Now, listeners, I'm going to be back at Evil Bread next week. And I can't wait because I always enjoy recording those episodes. I'll have a baguette in my bonnet for sure that only cream cheese can assist with. Listeners, I want to thank my Patreon supporters, my Ode Night Tea Titan, Matu, the illustrious star that keeps this show flying to its outer limits and hitting goals. Thank you immensely for your amazing support, and I hope you received my email prompt and fresh off the press from this weekend. Thanks to you, I never have to worry about overheads and covering those pesky costs. Plus, I get to learn new tools. Today, I learned how to use spectral patching. The only reason you can all hear the audio clearly is due to that tool. Otherwise, it's a muffled, garbled mess. And the pops and the clicks are three times as worse and unbearable. It literally heals holes in the audio through artificial intelligence. Yep, I'm all about AI now. So thank you immensely for your support, Matto. And these tools are not cheap. Cheers, 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 you legend. And the amazing Leather Sharpshooter, thank you for your epic support. A stalwart defender of the White Tier Warlord troop. Legend says that the Count of Borden, Von Bordenham, is still recovering after the whooping you gave him with your support. Because with your support, I've been messing with ChatGPT and learning new techniques to create new content. Also, I've been using that support for Mid Journey as well. Again, all a learning process. I hope you all enjoyed the crazy art that I put up on Patreon. Thank you for, well, putting up with me. <laughs> Cheers, man. Also, I want to thank my Earl Grey Enforcers and Patreon supporters. I am lucky to have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Sunshine Days, Juicebox Sandy, Peter Raffaele, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, Paige Kramer, and Jane Gumnick. Thank you, you epically awesome people. Lastly, don't forget to leave a review. I really love iTunes review ones, so if you got 10 seconds spin, that goes a long way to help me find more epic people like you to listen to the show. And if you want to support the show, you can visit my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT. I don't run ads, and I never want to. So I appreciate any love I get sent my way. Now, pour your tea, make it nice, ensure your flavoring is precise. Like a story, let it flow. Let the fables and tales take you home. It's these stories that bring us together. And old audio that reminds us of how we've changed. Stay a while. Have a listen. And as always, I hope to see you again. Cheers, mates, and have a wonderful week.